You're listening to the San Antonio Public Library's podcast, Tuned In. This podcast is made possible through the generosity of the San Antonio Public Library's foundation. Our sound engineers are Daniel Garcia and Daniel Gonzalez. Show notes can be found at guides.mysapple.org. That's guides at mysanantoniopubliclibrary.org. So where do we start from now? You were 11. Okay, I was 11, and we were pre- previously discussing how all of you all at least think that you're not good at art. I used to be somewhat good at art. I was very good at sketching up until age 11. That's when I picked up guitar and just stopped in my tracks with art. I didn't even realize till later that I had stopped because I was so overtaken by music. Isn't that something? Because I remember being about eight or nine years old, learning for the first time about a guitar, thinking to myself, I don't ever want to play that. <laughs> Boo, guitars. <laughs> I'm just a dancer. I prefer movement. Movement over, like, sculpture or, you know. I writing anything down. Yeah, I'm not good at that. I'd rather just dance. By the way, this is JD. I'm Diana. This is Edward. And I'm Raquel. And we're here today with Eric Fonseca. Hello, Eric. Hi. And we're here to talk about his display, his art display at the Central Library and his other art interests. So Eric, um, looking at the display, I see some paintings and some sketches and some 3D pieces. Can you tell them, uh, tell us what they're from? Uh, well, the works are uh, various pieces that I've had in my collection, my repertoire, uh, from different projects that are sort of ongoing, uh, projects from the past that I've had, and, and there's just a couple of pieces uh, that just sort of exist for their own sake. Some paintings or sculptures that just kind of were artistic babies waiting to be born. <laughs> oh, artistic are. babies. <laughs> um, stylistically, I would say, to me, it looks, well, reminds me of somewhere between Disney and Tim Burton. Uh, could, do you want to talk about like your influences? Yeah, um, of course. I mean, grew up you know, in the 80s and 90s with VHS tapes all around me, so uh, those were a big influence. Uh, I'll never forget, I was 11 or something when I saw Jessica Rabbit walk across <laughs> and I thought I don't know how this character can look so uh, cartoony and yet I believe this character and her appeal yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so much as a real living entity mm-hmm. and uh, I think there was uh, Cinderella running down the staircase scene that I saw and I just thought I need to learn more about animation and the style of, of the studios and what they were doing at the time. So yeah, just cut to me pausing that poor little VCR all the time and <laughs> drawing straight from, from the films. That, that's funny, back to age 11. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Age 11 seems to be a very uh, dominant uh, number for how I've been dancing <laughs> since I was like, could move, but that's interesting. My father was an architect, so he was always surrounded by papers and pencils and erasers and stuff like that. So uh, it was, I, I mean, I suppose you could say it's in my blood, but yeah, you know, a lot of kids draw. A lot of kids have that inclination to create right, right, and right. to paint, finger paint, sculpt, Play-Doh, all the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie Brown. Yes. <laughs> Great Classics. pumpkin. Yeah, so I think, you know, all of those influences are still, you know, within within my artistic soul and they kind of, bleed out into the work now that uh that i do you know 
What did you start with? Did you start with sketches? Then you moved on to sculptures or to paintings? What yeah. did you actually start with? Uh, I mean, as a kid, it started with, with drawing everything that I saw mm-hmm. uh, on, you know, like I said, on, on TVs or, or uh, movies. But um, yeah, eventually, as you, you know, kind of grow up, and I remember in high school, uh, Alice in Wonderland and, you know, all those classics, you know, reading Edgar Allan Poe stories, I started sketching stuff in high school and uh, looking around at, at things that were in front of me, people's faces and anatomy, animal anatomy, and just just drawing and trying to capture that. Okay. Every every single thing, you know, that's in our 3D world has lines right. and a certain textural mass that you can kind of try to emulate, you know, with a pencil or right. a, a mm-hmm. paintbrush. And so for me, for a long time, it was it was really with an animation focus. I wanted to learn how to draw so I could then learn how to make these things move and come to life. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you know, time went on, painting got more involved. And then, of course, sculpture helps see something in 3D. So then you had to learn how to sculpt. So then that kind of grew that way. So whether, you know, through clay or through cardboard or foam board, all these different textures and things available at I think the store was called Crafts Etc. It was an old <laughs> art store, <laughs> but uh, you know whatever was available in these stores, the, the five and dimes, you know, just be able to uh, make a piece, create a piece uh, as an art, an art piece. Okay. So yeah, you mentioned the. I was trying to count like five different media. Is there um, a favorite media of yours, or are you just whatever it takes to get the piece across? Yeah, for me, it's it's whatever it takes the piece. Uh, it started with sculpture, and then sculpture led to painting because you know, pencils are black and white and painting, of course, is color and then seeing something with clay and then that's a 3D thing, but then you want to paint the clay after it's dry. So that's more paint mm. that leads to airbrushing that led to, you know, now this character needs a set built around him. So building chairs and sofas and that led to stop motion animation. And so there was, I can't, <laughs> doesn't I can't stop. no, it doesn't stop. I can't put a finger on, uh, on one particular thing, which is, it's a beautiful thing to be able to have your hand in so many pots, but right. at the same time, you know, applying for like a, a company, like a big animation company or something, these machines want you to focus on one particular right, thing. Right. So it's like, oh, do you want to commit to just sketching, you know, a character all day long? So when you were in school, Eric, was there a subject that was real boring for you because it didn't, it didn't explore any of these ideas uh, <laughs> for Diane it was guitar <laughs> <laughs> um, I think maybe I mean looking back now I mean I know the answer I say as an adult is probably not the answer you're looking for but uh, there wasn't anything that was deathly boring because <laughs> there was always there was always an angle to it mm-hmm. I remember in chemistry you know which could have become a boring class but you know there was something about mixing and creating the the chemicals and seeing what kind of different variations of things that you could put together. And I thought, oh, well, that's kind of like paint, mm-hmm. you know, mixing pigments mm-hmm. and, and inks and, and colors and stuff like that. So, oh. I mean, yes, you get bored in school. Right. <laughs> well, but. well, and and there's a lot of art in math and science. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So. yeah. There's a lot of measuring, especially if, in set building and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on your pieces, do they evolve? You start off with a sketch, you start off with a sculpture, and then they evolve to include, okay, this piece I can make into this. I need to make this set with this piece, then go to animation. How does the process go for that? Or is, do you already have it planned out, or does it just come to you along the process of making a piece? Well, I mean, 
for for me, I mean, sometimes I create just for the sake of creation, but I I usually like to have uh, a real focus for a project. So if this is just going to be a painting on a wall, then I know that a sketch will suffice, and then as maybe a you know sketching with some paints right. and colors and testing out colors, and then you go for it. But if it's going to be something like a small animated film, which I understand is going to take like a year oh, wow. or four years, like one of them took, right. uh, then you you really, really have to learn to love every single step of the process, every little leaf on the tree in the forest. You can't just say, I'm going to do this and it's going to be done. Right. It's Attention just, to detail. Is oh, yeah. And a lot of patience. Right. <laughs> Back to the various types of art. Um, we're approaching Halloween time. You all, I know you also do something very interesting in that regards. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, <laughs> I love Halloween. Uh, a lot of people, and thank God, it's been a, a lucrative business in the last 15, 20 years. It seems like it's exploded everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of surpassed Christmas now. So um, I. I do a little bit of everything <laughs> for Halloween. <laughs> I've created haunted houses uh, with a local company here in town uh, for some of the theme parks around uh, the country and designed different themes for that kind of stuff. And yeah, so we, we build uh, cool stuff. That sounds like <laughs> cool, a dream job. I cool mean, I was going to ask, yeah. ask if that's a dream job, but it is, right? It is. Right. It, yeah, it's a dream job, of course. I mean, it's not uh, It's not anything that I poo-poo. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, at the end of the day, I wake up and I'm like, wow, I get to go put cobwebs on something or paint <laughs> with blood and, right. you know, skeletons hanging from here and there. But uh, Living the dream or yeah. the nightmare. Yeah, yeah living the nightmare. <laughs> um, it's great. It's it's wonderful to, to do that. And I never thought that, that it would lead to that. You know, especially me, because when I was a kid, um, I went down to the Wax Museum when we were in the fourth grade, and Dr. Wax's Theater of Blood, or whatever it was <laughs> called, I just, I, <laughs> I was embarrassed. I was like 11 years old crying in my teacher's <laughs> shoulder. I couldn't walk through those doors, and so here I am now actually creating. <laughs> so you didn't actually get to the characters? It wasn't one person? Uh, no. Wax figure. <laughs> no, I never got through it. No. That's hilarious. I couldn't even pretty... go through the doors, so here I am. <laughs> So I have a question. I know you do a lot of, obviously, sketching, sculpting, all of these things. And you meant, obviously, like the animation part of it. Um, do you work with computers as well? I mean, I know they do a lot of really awesome programs in the high schools around here for an, um, computer animation. I personally have not stepped into the world of 3D animation. I, okay. I guess because I learned and taught myself and was really interested in 2D animation. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, I always wanted a job, you know, at, at doing that. And right when I was coming of age, the industry changed over to 3D. Right. So I just felt so kind of down and jaded. And I thought, yeah. well, I don't know where this is going. Of course, the fundamentals of, of 3D animation mm -hmm. are still drawing, are still right. color, you know, color theory and color mm -hmm. design and all those other things you can learn. But, um, I have not touched 3D animation, not not any, for any other reason other than I've just always loved the texture and and right. uh, of hand drawn anim animation. I mean, there's really wonderful apps and programs now for mm -hmm. animating that way. Right. You don't need all that paper and everything. You can still animate yes. uh, hand drawn, mm -hmm. but um, maybe someday. <laughs> I do have a couple of projects that don't feel right for stop motion and they don't feel right for 2D. Uh, uh, so they're maybe on, another another maybe, little yeah, exactly. They're on pause. feather in your cap there. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Um, when you're creating your stuff, is it do you wait for the muse to your own stuff that you said uh, was not for a particular reason, not when you're being paid by a company? Uh, do you wait for the muse to hit you, or do you just okay, it's four o'clock, time to create? How, what's the process? Like? Yeah, I wish <laughs> it was that discipline. <laughs> the muses talk when they want to. Yes. Um, you can kind of force it, but uh, the good thing is, I, I think when you're open to it, you you can be in the backyard and see something, and there'll there'll be a texture that just hits you or a color, or, you know, one of the dogs jumps a certain way, and now I have to sketch that or something. Mm-hmm. But um, f- for me, I mean, I I try to try to attack the drawing board as soon as something hits, or there's always a sketch pad around, yeah, you know, or something something where I can kind of get the idea out. And then sometimes I'll come back to it later, like a few years later, and be able to turn that into something or, uh, you know, work with it at a different time if it doesn't seem to pan out. So you just capture the feeling when it hits, right. and then you can refer to it later if you want to. Correct, yeah. Yeah, there's been many times um, where the muses aren't speaking, and I just go to the old sketches, and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to paint something tonight. Right. And I just find a sketch, and I'm like, okay, here we go, and I'm going to randomly pick six or seven colors and I'll just make sure to con- continue to produce work that way. So the sketches are a good, you know, they're like in the art larder. They just get to pull as you need them and then you get to paint and then, you know, now, and the wonderful thing is now too with, with social media, uh, posting artwork up on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever gets a bunch more views than if I were to wait for a gallery right. right, and you know, people are some, a lot of times people are intimidated to, to walk into a gallery or mm-hmm. a museum and then they see that price tag, which looks scary too. So, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, they, they'll have an appreciation when it, they're thumbing through their Instagram feed and something pops up that I've done or something. And, and, you know, curiosity is like, Hey, I like that piece. How much is that? And, you know, I try not to be too crazy with my prices, but, uh, just try, I'm just honored if, if somebody likes it enough, right. you know, it, they want to hang it in their home. That's a, that's that's great. It's wonderful. That's one of the great things about us having it on display here at the library. It's absolutely free for them to come in and view it. And then I see that they've got the little plaques saying that they can view more. I mean, that's exactly what you want because you're not wanting to overwhelm the people with yeah the yeah. price tag yeah <laughs> so that being said do you have any advice for somebody who would want to maybe come into animation as a career other than you know i've used mentioned the sketchbook you know always carrying this yeah sketchbook. Uh, especially for young artists you know i mean constantly looking at your the world around you you know there's always lines there's always textures there's always colors in, in the world that we live in uh to try to emulate and and capture and then you can take those things and you know uh, turn that into a different piece or, or use that as a storytelling device for mm-hmm. an illustration or whatever, you know, whatever a young artist would, right. would dream of, you know. Awesome. There's all sorts of ways and paths to go down. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, we want to thank you very much for coming on to the San Antonio Public Library's podcast tuned in. It's been a real pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor. Thank you. Before we go, can you share your Instagram page with us? That way you can get it out there to people can see your work. Oh, yeah. Uh, my my uh, art name in the community is under Kofa because my signature is so bad. Everyone <laughs> thinks my name just says C-O-F-A. It's actually Eric Fonseca. And uh, you can find me under that name, Eric Fonseca Art, uh, on Instagram. 
Thanks for listening to the San Antonio Public Library's podcast tuned in. We hope to see you at the library soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. And get connected on mysapple.org with Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Pinterest, Flickr, Instagram, and follow tuned in on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music.